Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Grilecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to this week's Weekly Wholesome Words as we continue to look at the issue of the Spirit, which is a, a, a huge subject matter in the Scriptures, especially Paul's epistles. Again, the Spirit in regards to the third member of the Godhead and uh, also his what he's doing, what he is leading us in and in a whole host of things just in general in regards to the Spirit. That's what we're looking at. The first part of looking at the Spirit last week, we looked at how we begun in the Spirit. And even though um, the Holy Spirit isn't mentioned much in Romans chapters 1 through 7, and we further looked at some other issues in Galatians, as it were, as he's uh, correcting the Galatians and explaining how if they've begun in the Spirit, how, why are they being made perfect after the flesh? And that begun in the Spirit is what we began to look at. And um, we started to see those things in Romans chapters 1 through 7, specifically how the Holy Ghost was uh, involved in connection with the much more assurance of our salvation there, sitting in Romans chapter 5. But I want to move now into looking into Romans chapter 8. And when Paul changes the terminology here, and he does begin to implement the Spirit, again, hopefully by now we understand it's not for the first time that the Spirit's been involved in in um, the, the gospel. The Spirit's been involved in leading us through that material the spirit's been involved in teaching us about justification the spirit's been involved in connection with the much more assurance of our salvation the spirit's been involved in our new identity in christ and now in romans chapter 8 the the increase of in his involvement is now going to be had and that's why paul changes the terminology one of the reasons why the paul changes the terminology and why he starts to bring up the issue of the spirit but look at here at romans chapter 8 look at verse 1 he says there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit walking after the spirit is already been dealt with by the apostle paul uh, in its most fundamental sense and how we walk after the spirit is connected to what paul has set forth back in romans chapter 6 when he talked about that we've been baptized in the Christ's death, burial, and resurrection in verses 1 through 10, and the application of that in verse 11, he says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he goes on in verses 12 and 13, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Well, the fact that the Spirit baptized us in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and therefore we are as we are one of those that are alive from the dead, and we are going to be yielding ourselves unto God as this, as those that are alive from the dead. We, if the Spirit baptized us in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, and we by the Spirit are therefore dead to sin, indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, when we reckon that so, we are walking after the Spirit. When we yield ourselves unto God, we are yielding ourselves as those that are alive from the dead. We are walking after the Spirit. And then Paul goes on, verse 14 
uh, in chapter 6 all the way to the end of chapter 7 and explain what it means to walk after the flesh. And therefore you have the two issues brought up in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. And now he's going to uh, encapsulate both concepts in the terminology walk after the flesh or walk after the spirit. He even further validates that this walking after the spirit and the spirit's participation has already been had previously and by validating that in verse 2 of Romans 8. It says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Well, that should be similar terminology to us if you look back in Romans chapter 6 when he says, just to use the same type of terminology, verse 7, For he that is dead is freed from sin. He goes on and also says, verse 22, he says, But now being made free from sin and become service to God, ye have your fruit in the holiness and the end everlasting life. Well, what made us free from sin is our baptism in the Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And it's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that made us free from the law of sin and death. And also a part of that was in Romans chapter 7, where he says, verse 6, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Um, back up there in verse 4, he says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another even to him who was raised from the dead, and that we should bring forth fruit unto God. We've been freed from the law of sin and death and the, and the law's role in connection with the law of sin and death, which makes up walking after the spirit, or I'm sorry, walking after the flesh. And walking after the spirit is yielding ourselves as those that are alive from the dead, as those that the spirit... Ba- as those that whom the Spirit has baptized us, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And then he comes along and he says, well, how? what's the mechanical means of walking after the Spirit? Well, it is intrinsically wrapped up into the issue of reckoning. Where we reckon is in our mind. And he goes on to explain that, that we walk after the Spirit by minding the things of the Spirit. Look at Romans 8 verse 5. He says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So we have the issue of walking after the spirit and how we walk after the spirit is we are going to mind the things of the spirit. And therefore, folks, our relationship with the spirit and our activity and our participation with the spirit is in connection with his things. His things are what make him up or what he's doing. And that's an important issue because, yes, he's a third member of the Godhead. But our relationship and his activity is in connection with his things. And it's these things that he is going to lead us in. And when we mind them, we are we are walking after the spirit by virtue of minding his Things And it's going to be his things that we relate to. It's going to be his things that we are engaged with. And his things are revealed to us today by the words of God. By the words on the page. And this is what I want to transition to. I want to transition into looking at his things. Now let me give you a, a, a brief um, explanation of these things and how it works. Paul nor God the Father 
nor the spirit has to every single time in connection with his things explain that these are the things of the spirit in other words you don't have to be over in romans chapter 12 and paul to come along and said these are the things of the spirit begin to mind these things that's what romans 8 is for romans 8 is for the purpose of explaining that the way in which we are going to walk after the Spirit is the Spirit is going to lead us in some things, and when we learn those things and mind those things, we therefore are going to be walking after the Spirit. Therefore, the implication and the assumption is that from here on out, what we are going to get are the things of the Spirit. And that really is going to commence in Romans chapter 8, and specifically in verse 16, there's some other things that Paul does in connection with the Spirit, and he explains in verses, uh, uh, verse 13 there of Romans 8, he says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Well, the issue of, but if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, that's, that's a very similar thing to the issue of Romans 6 verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. We are going to not let it reign based upon who we are in Christ. Dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God. We're going to restrain it by our new identity that the Spirit gave us. We're going to mortify the deeds of the body. And then he says in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And this is, this is a good... It, a fabulous transition first. If we're walking after the Spirit by minding the things of the Spirit, then the implication is that we are being led by the Spirit of God already, and also that we will continue to do that. So it's it's Paul's looking at what's already transpired, but that what is going to transpire, it's going to be done the same way. And then he says, he gives some further information regarding the spirit in verse 15 for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear it's lowercase s spirit of bondage again to fear the law but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry abba father and then look at verse 16 he says the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of god now the spirit is active now that not that he wasn't before but as far as the start to give us more things it's going to start to take place here in verse 16 he's already given us things to mind dead to sin alive to god and if we're minding those things uh we we are walking after the spirit and he's leading us in those things by virtue of them written on the words on the page but here he's gonna do some more he's gonna bear witness with our spirit in connection with our inheritance. And he goes down and he talks about the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which have been revealed in us. He brings up the creature, and the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. It was subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. We are going to be involved in delivering the creature from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God and the groaning that takes place. And then look at verse 23. He says, And not only they... But ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Now, what are the first fruits of the Spirit? Well, what he began to do in verse 16, all the way down now to verse 23, 
Those are the first fruits of the Spirit. And what I want you to see is it's, it's bracketed by the Spirit. Verse 16, the Spirit is bearing witness. And then you come down, he's not mentioned again until you get down to verse 23. By the time you get down to verse 23, you have the first fruits of the Spirit. And the Spirit wasn't mentioned in verses 17 through 22, but those were the things of the Spirit, what Paul calls the first fruits of the Spirit. And when you learn those things and you have them and you come to understand them, you have the first fruits of the Spirit. By virtue of the things in verses 16 through 22, when you understand that and you understand those things, you understand that the Spirit has led you in them, that when you come to learn them, you now have the first fruits of the Spirit. And guess what? When you begin to mind those things, you are walking after the Spirit. It's one thing to have the first fruits of the Spirit. It's another thing to walk after the Spirit, minding these specific things. And these things will tell you what to mind and the context in which they're dealing with um, in connection with how you're going to utilize them in the details of your life. Now, folks, I know we're talking very general here, but that's all I'm trying to get you uh, get across is the generalness of how the Spirit and walking after the Spirit and all those things operate. That the Spirit's leading us. He's leading us in some things. When we learn those things, that again, His name doesn't have to be always attached to it, but because of what we learn in Romans 8, and that He's going to be leading us in some things, the assumption and implication is that the things that we get here on out in God's Word are the things of the Spirit. And he's leading us. And we walk after that. We walk after him. We learn them. Once we learn them, we have them. And once we've learned them and have them, we mind them. And when we mind them, we are walking after the Spirit by virtue of his things. And the, the, the case, the first case of that, the, the description of that is for, uh, before in Romans 8 verses 1 through 13. But when you get to here to verse 16, you see that in a, in a prime example in verses 16 through 23, the Spirit's going to bear witness with our spirit, and then he's going to bear witness with some specific things in verses 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And when we learn that, verse 23, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body and we have the first fruits of the spirit which is a groaning in ourselves and a waiting and expectation of a hope and he goes on to further explain how that's going to impact how these first fruits of the spirit when you mind them the effectual working of them is for us to be saved by hope but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth why doth he yet hope for but if we hope for that, we see not, then do we with patience wait for it there in verses 24 and 25. So again, the Spirit is going to lead us in some things. And when we walk after in learning them, we are going to then possess them. They're going to be in us. We're going to have them. And when we mind them in connection with how they're to be applied, we are walking after the Spirit in the details of our life. Therefore, when you are facing some sufferings of this present time, sufferings that are common to man, 
uh, sickness, illness, loss of a loved one, a car wreck, your computer breaks down, you lose a job, um, whatever it may be, things that can take place with both man, uh, uh, unbelievers and believers. What the Spirit has taught in Romans 16 through 23 is that those sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. And look at that word there is there again, verse 18, for I reckon. When you reckon that the sufferings are not of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, and know what that glory entails in verses 19 through 22, you have the first fruits of the Spirit. And when you're faced with the sufferings of this present time, instead of having the adverse effects of that suffering affect your mind negatively and adversely instead of that you can think of these things in connection with christ because christ long suffers these things as well he is waiting for the fullness of his inheritance and therefore he's continuing to deal with the sufferings of this present time but what's on his mind is he's not he doesn't deem them worthy to be compared to the glory which should be revealed in us what's on his mind through these things is the glory that's going to be revealed in us that's what's on his mind and those things that are on his mind we have now and we are able to mind them and when we mind these things that are on christ's mind when we mind the things of the spirit by virtue of verses 16 through 23 in the sufferings of this present time that we face, we are walking after the Spirit. By virtue of learning them, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. And when we are in a situation that is described for us in, in these verses, the sufferings of this present time, when we mind them, we are walking after the Spirit in the details of our life, utilizing the first fruits of the Spirit in a like manner. Well, that's all the time that we have today. There's more that we're going to look into eventually connecting this passage to Philippians chapter 1 and looking at some other fabulous things in connection with the Spirit. Until then, look up. Thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. Join him next week for another look into God's Word. Until next time, look up.